Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sella. Today, we're doing a special review for a movie that came out, I say, about over six years ago, but I've never seen it. I was looking through my Netflix selection and saw this movie and thought, hey, you know what? Why not? I saw Secret of Kells. Never seen this. Let's see what this movie's all about. That's right. We're talking about Song of the Sea. Joined here via remote satellite radio is another good friend of mine who is just so gosh darn funny and punny. It's Ivan. How you doing out there, Ivan? All right. I feel like you always you always do a good job of uh, hyping me up. Try and say at least one pun this review. Well, you know me. I've been at this for a little while. Gotta keep the engagement up if you catch my meaning. Sure do. Now, before we begin, folks, let me remind you, do not forget to subscribe or like videos like this. It'll help me in the long run for sure. And also, a lot of my reviews are on Spotify a little bit earlier than on YouTube. So if you just want to listen to us giving our opinions, on general animation and TV shows, be sure to check out my Spotify channel for all those podcast needs. Links are always in the description below. Also, another reminder is that we are going to be as spoiler-free as possible here, but we may have an opinion or two that does pertain to the latter half of this movie, but don't you worry, we will put up a spoiler warning if it ever gets to that point. Well, without further ado, let's get on to our review for Song of the Sea. Now, what is this generally about? Well, at least the way I could put it as Netflix would describe it, the last of a magical race of seals that become human on dry land, the little girl who's name I always have trouble pronouncing, and her brother, must return to the sea in this animated adventure. And she must also find her voice, for it may hold the key to unlocking mythical wonders. And that's generally the synopsis for this movie. Now, I'm going to hand the reign over to you, Ivan. What were some of your major takeaways from this movie, and what stood out to you? My takeaway was basically, yeah, modern take on a on a folktale that I wasn't really familiar with. Apparently, it's fairly faithful to the original context of like the the uh, the key characters in in the um, in the the main story uh, as far as the the old lore but um i thought it it was kind of almost of an anecdote for dealing with dealing with emotions kind of reminded me a little bit of inside out in a similar way of how it's it might be important to express how you feel and not um dealing with other people's grief even sometimes it can be hard to comfort other people and there are some characters who turns out have a really hard time dealing with their emotions and the folktale serves a, a way of basically showing how that can uh, bottling that up can do more harm or, or or keep us from achieving the things that we want ah, I, I, I see what you did there oh wait was i was i experiencing that i'm telling you folks ivan with the puns he's the best at it but yeah i concur with a lot with, with you're saying here there definitely is an allegory about how some of these characters are dealing with like long-term tragedies and how that affects others and their pre-expectations of each other whether if it's to a fault or directly connected i felt that this movie had a really solid premise going for it and i remember when we were starting to be teased the idea of putting on a coat going 
into the sea and the little sister becomes a seal. And I remember hearing lores about the Selkie. Uh, in a way, they're kind of like mermaids that look like seals or could fully become seals. Not sure if I heard the tale where they could actually like go onto land or not. I believe they could. But I think you mentioned before we were recording, Ivan, that they actually would shed their skin. But this movie does it in a more like magical way where it's more of a coat that they can have on that helps them do that transition. And that actually reminded me, I don't know exactly if this was in Disenchantment or another Matt Groening project or something where there was a woman who put on this bear coat and if she puts it on completely she'll turn into a real bear and then when she takes it off it turns back into like a normal person so i thought that was a really interesting element in this story now as far as the narrative goes and again i'm going to be as spoiler free as possible here while i thought this was a really interesting brother and sister dynamic of a story a lot of the setup and the lore that is established throughout this movie kind of happens because it needs to happen and there was some emotional tolls that happened that I wish I could feel for, but unfortunately my mind is always logic based. So I need to know exactly why things are the way they are or what led to these events. And I was kind of confused on some key things that unfortunately took away from some of the weight of what the characters were going through. Yeah, I, I, there were some moments where, and it was a challenge because of the, uh, the sister Shirsha, she, she was established from the beginning of the movie that she couldn't speak. So a lot of it, you had to understand what she was feeling through body language and, um, and like, her, you know, motivations as a kid, like just wanting to, just wanting to be accepted by her older brother and, um, and tolerating like his, like really he he's basically dealing with uh emotions that he's taking out on her so it's not quite it's not quite made clear where his all of his uh frustrations come from whether it was because of, of an event that happened in the in their past but as far as her because she can't speak a lot of times i had to really gauge by her actions what she was thinking and there were a couple points in the in the movie where it kind of led to some confusion, especially when it was already mixed with the fantasy elements. So we had to try and understand the rules of the the fantasy mixed with uh, character motivations that were a little vague. So it was hard to follow in some points. But yeah, speaking of body language, Ivan, uh, let's definitely jump to the visuals and the animation. And to kick things off, uh, visually speaking, I really do like the look of this movie. It definitely has that canvas feel to it. I don't quite know the terminology here, but I remember seeing Secret of Kells. I think that was one of the first, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong here, either you, Ivan, or in the comment section, I believe the initial studio behind this was Cartoon Saloon. I believe it's a Irish animation studio. And I thought they did a really good job emulating that retro feel that kind of like reminds me of like Samurai Jack, the Gendy Tartofsky, Craig McCracken style of visuals. And the animation itself, I thought was pretty solid throughout the whole movie. Very fluid. Uh, I wouldn't say it was on ones, but it was definitely on twos. And they did a good job at facial animations and things like that, despite its simplistic design. 
However, there were a couple parts that felt like they were on threes or fours that I thought were a little jarring, but I completely understand that. But overall, in my opinion, I thought the visuals, the colors, and the way the effects align with the characters was phenomenal, as well as I thought the animation was really good. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the visuals in your personal opinion or the animation? Um, yeah, as far as the visuals, I really, um, I really admire media that goes for a projected style, especially in, well, actually primarily in 2D where, like you said, Cartoon Network kind of, um, pioneered that where the, the dimensions of objects or characters are flattened and it isn't quite you're not quite sure how much volume it takes up and it's not necessarily important uh how much volume it's taking up but more that it's composed in a way that it, it makes a very appealing like well composed shot it's more of what what is the most appealing way to to show an object in this scene and i believe like even the like i noticed the trash there was a trash can or, or sorry there was a few characters hiding in a trash can and that the perspective that the can was supposed to be you weren't supposed to see the top of the lid but they still flattened that anyway because it made a more recognizable shape so the movie was just filled with that uh very very beautiful like projected perspective and i think it really lent itself to its like some some things i'm i'm i wish i knew more about traditional media but i would if i had to say watercolor which is kind of in theme because <laughs> there's a lot of water in it but i think you cover the animation pretty well but the the environments were really it had a very soft uh rendering to it like it like it was a water-based medium i agree totally it definitely the technique they use for the environments definitely made this world feel lived in it had like a wondrous tone to it especially when we cross into the more mythological settings of Ireland. I believe it's set in Ireland. Brendan Gleeson, I believe he is in this movie, at least according to the billing here, and I do believe he is an Irish-English actor. He may have played the father, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think it brings like a certain sense of like history and lore to this entire movie. I think visually speaking, they did a good job there. And I was telling you, a friend of mine, we were talking about this one video she brought up to me about hard world building versus soft world building. That video was specifically using Spirited Away, a Hayao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli film to kind of explain what soft world building is, kind of exploring a strange and wacky world through the eyes of the character and kind of being in their shoes, uncovering everything. And I really feel like this movie did a good job of kind of emulating that idea, I would say. And yeah, the visuals, I think, worked with it, as well as the animation. It had that childlike innocence to it, but also kind of gave a certain sense of realism there, for lack of a, for, in an ironic kind of way. Now, that is our general thoughts on the movie, I would say, right, Ivan? Yeah, I mean, specifics aside. And I did enjoy this movie. I liked it. However, narratively speaking, there were some things that kind of left me kind of questioning why things are the way they are, but that's just me personally. And that did take away a bit for me to say that this is a really outstanding animated movie. But if you're going at this purely for visuals and let's not brush aside the music, the music is actually really good in this movie. So I probably would recommend this, especially if you're an animation buff for sure. And yeah, I mean, it kept me fairly entertained, I would say. Uh, what say you, Ivan? I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't have any expectations. I don't believe I even really saw much of, I couldn't recall any imagery 
when I was when I was seeing it. But I I can I always enjoy a really good fairy tale. It's got a really tight scope. It tells a story about family and dealing with grief and I think that's something that can always be relatable for the ups and downs in in your life and with the people that you love. Mix that with some really solid 2D animation, and uh, it left me very entertained and moved at certain points. I would definitely watch it again if if someone wanted to. I think there's more to more to take in and observe and maybe even understand because there were some things that were confusing. So yeah, I would say that's generally our thoughts on Song of the Sea. Now we are going to mention something that is a little bit of a spoiler tick, so I am going to put up a warning here. If you haven't seen this movie and you don't want any spoilers, then before you close off this video, be sure to give it a like and subscribe to the channel. And if you want to support me directly, please consider going to my Patreon. Links will be in the description below. But if you're still sticking around, then you have been warned. Spoilers ahead. And it won't take long at all. So here we go. Go. So, Ivan, let's talk a little bit about the ending. And I know we can't go into super detail so much about this because then we'll be here forever. But as far as the movie goes, it is kind of established that the mother is probably dead. And you and I, we were talking about how the older brother was kind of being somewhat of an abusive jerk to his little sister. And at the very beginning, I thought, okay, well, maybe he blames her for the loss of his mother or perhaps him hanging out and taking care of her for so long and she always seems to get into trouble. Maybe he's just so sick and tired of it that he starts to project his feelings onto her. The way the movie ends, we have his little sister. Again, I apologize. I have trouble pronouncing her name. She is sick. And in order to get better and help everyone, all the mythical creatures, she's got to put on that selkie coat and sing, which obviously she lost her voice, but align all the stars together and she should be able to sing. So she does. When they initiate that part, I actually found it really fascinating that as far as I know, Selkies are kind of like a, a family member of mermaids. And by the nature of her singing, it seems to like rejuvenate a lot of the mythical creatures of Ireland in a way, which I found to be kind of fascinating that it's like the opposite of sirens, which <laughs> sirens are known to sing to bring sailors to their doom, at least in some lore around the world. Whereas they use Selkies in this case to kind of bring life or joy to others. And I thought that was a really interesting choice and I like that. However, when the movie ends, we see that Ben and his little sister's mother is indeed still alive. And we got that one segment flashback when Ben was following the hair thread, revealed that his mother had to go out at sea, apologized to his father, went on the water, disappeared, and then shortly after the baby in her own little coat, hence is born. So I assume she died, but I guess she was there the whole time. And after they did the singing, the mother says, all our kind have to leave now. Like everything, including all the mythical creatures. And I didn't quite understand why that is the case. Did, did I miss something, Ivan? Why was that such a narrative tool that felt like it kind of came out of nowhere? Like, I get the emotional impact it was for Ben and his father, as well as like him losing his sister, finding out his mother's still alive, but then the mother's also leaving too. Like, what was that clear? Did I miss something there? That was a little, that kind of escalated in a way I wasn't anticipating because most of the time I got so invested with Sersha and 
and her i mean there was a point where it went from trying to rescue her to actually trying to save her because her like her life force was draining so i was under the impression that they needed to save her i was i was really invested in how uh, like getting her coat back so that she could live what i didn't realize is that it it turned into this situation in which in restoring her it was actually actively restoring all of the creatures and the different characters throughout time who had been turned to stone by the um the owl bad lady <laughs> the i forget the uh, mythical creature the ones that i think they just called her the owl witch right who for context is kind of is the opposite they she takes away she literally bottles bad feelings so that you don't have to deal with it but trade your which is ironic too because if you saw the scenes of her she also bottles good feelings like rainbows and sunshine so it might be semantics yeah that's that was something that might be also a little unclear because i i actually totally forgot that i saw bottled rainbows and those are good feelings so it's interesting like i don't know why you would want to bottle good feelings unless there are some people who can't handle good feelings need them to be bottled but anyway to get back to your point the ending turned into saving everyone and I didn't even realize it until it was happening. And I don't, I don't know at what point it was established that in in saving Sersha, that everything else would be have their life force restored so that they can pass on to another realm. Suddenly it escalated, and I didn't, I, I didn't even catch when. Yeah, and I think that's where the story kind of narratively breaks for me. And again, I, like I am transparent with you guys, I'm not a fan of magic in story writing a lot of times. Like I'm more of a sci-fi science fan in fiction where even though, yeah, that can get ridiculous at times, at least there's some foundation or logic behind it. But something like this, like I don't know if like one needs to know Irish lore to truly understand why that would be the case, but I think the movie kind of failed to address that in a way, and so that's why it kind of dampered my overall feelings of the movie. Not horribly, mind you. Like, I still like the movie. I like the visuals, and I like the theming. I really felt like because it escalated so quickly, it held back the movie a bit for me. I was just going to say, yeah, that's fair. It, I think having consistency in the magic, like it doesn't have to be complicated, but it at least has to communicate It's uh, if it's going to be simple. <laughs> or coherent. Right. But another thing that I thought was kind of strange that didn't really get addressed at all is the mother who has a selkie. That is indeed Ben's mother, yet I don't think Ben inherited any form of magical abilities, but only uh, the little girl did. So I don't know if that's like a Selkie thing, that only Selkies are female, but I don't think I heard that anywhere before. But I don't know. Like I, I found that part a little strange, but it didn't really bother me per se. I just thought it was odd. Uh, one of the many unanswered. Many unanswered questions. Oh, and one last point I'll say. It's not really a spoiler per se, but we were talking about how the Owl Witch bottles up everything everyone's feelings to like take away the pain you know what i thought of at the very moment she said that this is an allegory for alcoholism oh yeah yeah no now that you say it also you said when you said uh it almost sounded like you said allegory which (laughs) allegory there you go there's my pun for the there's my (laughs) there's my pun for the episode there we go and the other thing too is the father 
spent a lot of time in that pub bottling his emotions. He did. I was actually, I was also surprised when I thought about, um, when, when I stopped to think about the conflict and then about the dad, I thought, wow, he's really, so much time has passed. He really hasn't uh reconciled well i you would think that after having two kids to take care of that he might kind of get over it (laughs) get over your dead wife take care of your kids dude I mean, that's what his mom was trying to tell him. Yeah. But again, I think you were right at the right on the money at the beginning. It's all about dealing with grief and how to handle emotions. And a lot of this is indeed an allegory for a lot of those things. And yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about this movie of like what it does well, what it might not be doing super well. But did you have any other closing thoughts that might be uh, spoiler territory? I think the, the movie goes at a pace where... I can digest what's happening and kind of try and figure things out if if they're a little vague or unanswered. Um, hopefully by the next scene or two, it, it becomes more apparent what character motivations are. The pace of the movie is really digestible and doesn't move too quickly. So I don't feel like I'm on to the next thing without piecing together what just happened. It's just enough to have me go along. Perhaps even with another viewing, I might I might pick up on those things that I missed, but I would say that is, for the most part, the biggest negative I have is some head scratching. But it it doesn't uh, it doesn't take away too much for the film for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. And who knows, folks? Maybe on second viewing, this is the first time I've seen it. Maybe it'll be a little bit better for me now that I know where everything is. I could look for the smaller details. Well, you heard our opinion, but now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below. What did you think of this 2014 animated movie, Song of the Sea? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. And if you want to support me directly, please go to my Patreon or you can do a one-time donation at my Streamlabs. Links are in the description below. This is Matt Sulla. This is Ivan. Thanking you all for tuning in. Thank you.